Today's episode is sponsored by Landon Beach wrote every audiobook narrator's worst fear, being kidnapped by obsessed fans who are determined to have them perform their novel in a one-of-a-kind psychological thriller, Narrator. We, the listeners, experience every twisted moment alongside Sean Frost, the narrator. Or do we? June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 11 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author Piper James. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. She's a little bit nervous because I'm officially popping her cherry and podcasting and getting an audio interview this way. But I already told her she's going to be great, so no worry. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing, and how you got started. I have been writing since 2015. I actually scratch that. I've been publishing since 2015. I used to write young adult paranormal romance, urban fantasy, all young adult stuff. I do have a dark romance series. And then in 2020, I was like, you know what? I want to do something different. I started writing these romantic comedies. And in 2021, in January, I started releasing them as Piper James. And that's how she was born. So you go from writing young adult and fantasy and paranormals and magics and all these different things to writing contemporary romance, specifically rom-com. How do you decide to do that? Like, what was it about the genre that goes, Hmm, I want to switch over. Well, there were several things. What I enjoy reading, you know, your reading tastes change over time. When I first started writing young adult paranormal romance, it was when uh, the first time I read Twilight and I fell in love with that genre. And I did that for several years. And then I started, I branched out my reading tastes into the rom-com adult stuff. And I was like, you know, this would be a lot of fun to write. Not to mention a little easier because you don't have to create these entire worlds and magic systems and keep everything straight. It's all set in the real world. And I just wanted to do something that a palate cleanser, I guess. And so I decided to write one book and that turned into two and that turned into five and that turned into 11, I think that I released in 2021 because it was so fresh and new and I was so excited. It was taking me three or four weeks to write an entire novel. Then at the end of 2021, I was like, oh, I need to slow down a little bit because I was hitting a little bit of a burnout. So I don't release quite as quickly anymore, but I'm still really enjoying writing the genre. Was it a shock at all to write the main difference between YA and adults? regardless of the genre, is that you're not fading to black or even getting close to some of that stuff when you're doing a YA. But now you're right. writing full blown out, you know, make out sessions and heavier sexual stuff. How is that for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's open. The door is all the way open. It was a little tough at first. I didn't want any of my friends to read it, but of course they read them anyway. So we made a long-standing rule that they can talk to me about the books, but they are not allowed to discuss those scenes with me in any context, shape, fashion, or form. <laughs> <laughs> 
But now that, you know, I've been doing it for a while, I don't care anymore. It's not that big of a deal. But at first, yeah, I was like, no, no, do not even mention it to me. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And then, so my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s, has read all my books since when I started writing these. She's like, oh, I want to read them. I want to read them. So after much, you know, debate, I sent her a couple. And then we did a video call on Easter. And she was, (laughs) she was like, what? I don't know where you come up with this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, it's all my imagination. I promise. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But, you know, yeah. I'm over it now. It's fine. She, I, I didn't send any more. Well, yeah, because that. that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, parents don't stop being parents right. regardless of the age. So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do you find yourself having, when you're writing the book, do you skip over certain scenes? I know some authors will do a insert sex scene here or insert banter fights here. Do you have anything like that when you write or do you write continuously across? No, I'm very linear because I, it plays out like a movie in my head while I'm writing and I don't skip around in movies. I'm not going to skip around and come back. And so I write straight through. I used to be a pantser, meaning I didn't plot. And then I kind of learned to plot and it made my life so much easier. And I I realized, yeah, I probably should have been doing this. I don't write myself into corners anymore. I don't get writer's block anymore because I know where the story's going. So yeah, I'm very, I write in a straight line, start to finish. It's interesting. You said that uh, when you're writing, you see it as a movie. When I read, I see it as a movie. And you're right. right, There's no skipping. (laughs) And that's what a lot of my readers tell me when they read my books is that they can see it play out in their heads as a movie. And I'm like, well, that's how it is when I write it. So yay, four, I win. I never, I thought I was always the only one that read that way and saw it that way. And then when I got 12, 15 years ago, more involved with the authors and the readers, and we were having conversations with other book friends and they're like, oh yeah, I'm like, wait, I'm not, I'm an all bottom weird, but about this, I'm normal quote. Okay. Yay. (laughs) And someone else has the same thing. Yeah. It's always fun. Do the characters talk to you when you're writing? Uh, No, I don't really get that. If I'm in company with other authors, I'll be like, yeah, for sure. (laughs) My characters talk to me. I have voices in my head. No, they don't. I tell them what to do and they do it maybe yeah i crack the whip (laughs) nice they're good boys and girls (laughs) you know we all do our own thing and conversations are happening more and more nowadays and sometimes with any kind of career hobby when we hear other people doing it a specific way sometimes we tend to self-doubt that we're doing it the wrong way or that maybe something's missing and things like that and you try to shift it and then also that's where you get writer's block and then nothing flows i'm glad that you stuck to yours and not but it is funny that you're like yeah i do that too Well, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing and we fight with it for a long time. And then eventually you just have to realize you are who you are and you're doing what you're doing and you're successful. People like your books. You don't need to freak out over it anymore. Now I just got to freak out of whether or not your listeners are going to like me or think I'm stupid. Oh, stop. (laughs) No. One of the things that I think listeners love about when you guys do interviews, whether it's a written interview on a blog or magazine, or when you do a live, your own platforms or as a guest, is that we get these little nuances to think. Part of that whole us being voice to human nature to be a bit of a voyeur. But we also are curious about your processes and we're curious about like, where do you get your stories? And did that, you know, whole fight scene throwing your bra out because like you did in one of your books to someone that scared you. Did that ever happen to you in real life? You know, One of those things as listeners, we love that stuff I for sure do but yeah it's just one of those where you're going hmm so the scene that I'm referring to is from her playing with the doctor which 
great title. <laughs> it's the Milestone Mischief Book One, and it's uh, narrated by Blake Lockhart and Lee Daniels. It opens up with a scene of the doctor being his older patient. And as he's leaving, he's walking down a corridor to head out of the house. And all of a sudden he hears a screech and he gets attacked. As you're listening to it, you're then he realizes, which means you're also, which is also how I love that you've been writing is that we all kind of find out at the same time as a character in the moment. And that's a bit of a, ooh, kind of a reaction that you get versus being told in advance. And it's a bra. Right. <laughs> so these kind of scenes, do you, I mean, where do you get your stories to write these books? There are certain stuff that I'll pull from real life. That is not one of them. <laughs> I never attacked somebody or almost took out their eye with a bra. That particular scene like that, I don't know. I'll just be writing and or plotting or whatever I'm doing. And I'm like, what would be funny here? What would be a cute way for them to me? I don't want to call it a stroke of genius, but so it'll occur to me and then I'll start laughing and I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I should write that out. That meet cute is so important because it kind of gives a bit of that what's to come a little bit. What have been some of your favorite? How do you like to have your couples meet cute? I mean, one thing you should know about me is that I have a terrible memory. I even have trouble sometimes remember what happens in the own books that I write. Usually my book ones will have a meet cute, but then I introduce all the characters in book one and then they each get their own book. So that doesn't necessarily happen in every book that I write. Probably my favorite is that one from playing with the doctor, just because I myself found it so funny. And that's something that I should struggle with when I started writing rom-coms was am I actually funny I don't know I think I'm funny but everybody thinks they're funny right yeah so it was a little bit of a struggle for me and so when people find that scene funny and they talk about it and they tell me that they laugh and that made me feel gave me a little more confidence so I would have to say that one is probably my favorite Another of my favorites is the little black dress. My main female character meets the main male character and they instantly hate each other. He causes her to lose her job, not directly, but, or intentionally, but he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a dick. So then she gets a new job and it ends up being him in that moment when she sees him walk in, she tries to get security to escort <laughs> him out before she realizes that it's, that it's her new boss, the casino owner, where she's getting a job as his assistant. So that was a lot of fun too. So those two are probably my favorites. Oh goodness gracious. I can imagine that scene. <laughs> and there's a couple of, I mean, before that happens, she sees him again and gets up in his face. Like she is one of my favorite characters because she has no bones about just telling people exactly how she feels about something, which is something that I struggle with. I'm, I've always been a bit of a people pleaser. Not until I got up in age that I started speaking my mind a little more, but she's just brash and brazen and she's like to drink. And when she drinks, she <laughs> gets a little crazy. <laughs> I still think that the college gets a little bit more honest. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. She gets honest. I do love a strong, smart heroine. And so thank you for writing those. I think sometimes some authors might feel that we won't like the, the character if they're more independent or if they're more stronger in their own vocalizations of how they feel or what they want. And the readers won't like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you give me a, me a week and a meek, 
heroin work that's where i'm going to walk away but i love a spunky right. sarcastic probably because i'm a little sarcastic just okay now i'm fucking sarcastic yeah um. <laughs> and that's what's fun about mm-hmm. writing these spicy rom-coms too is because when i was writing the young adult like a normal romance i tended to write meeker characters like they started out impoverished sometimes abused sometimes not very confident in their own self-worth and throughout the series they would grow into themselves and become the one that's kind of how the story goes but I can write these characters just right off the bat I have a lot of just sassy and spunky characters and it's just so much fun those are always great to listen to too because of how the interpretation of the narrator is doing a particular scene you're going yeah that's kind of how I would have said it that reaction when he got hit he's like what the fuck yeah he is he's really good he's uh one that i recently been listening to a little bit more and i'm going oh okay okay i i hear you because you might technically i can't say i see you but you know what you writing primarily in the subgenre of rom-com and romance being an umbrella term where all these different subgenres are underneath it from the paranormal and including sci-fi and fantasy has there have you ever wanted to start maybe writing in a different subgenre yes i personally i don't read sci-fi at all i don't read a lot of high fantasy if it's urban fantasy or if it's not like super high I enjoy it, but I'm starting to enjoy like more dark romance, but not too dark. <laughs> so I just can't get into some of the darker triggers that people tend to write about and, and rave about. So I'm dipping my toes in <laughs> and I am enjoying it. And I'm like, well, maybe I could write this. I don't know. <laughs> but I just don't know if that's like too far away from rom-com. I'm going from one end of the spectrum to the other. We'll see. What about keeping it in the rom-com, but having it be in a difference of like a paranormal rom Com of sorts that ever thought about writing that way? I no, I haven't actually thought about Shifters that. Shifters can be funny. Riches can be fun. That's true. And then that kind of gets you a little bit, you know, into getting closer to that darker side of the romance world. Yeah, that dark romance. I feel you. It's interesting how that's become an entire new category of sorts. It used to be just contemporary romance with like mobsters. Now that there's newer elements right. that are, you know, significantly dar- darker topics. And I'm like, this is why I read, read because I don't want to go there. But right. they're loving it. No, and I totally get that. And so I do have a dark romance, but YA, I'm going to call it new adult they're in high school so technically it should be YA but it's a little bit more risque than what YA should be a little more the doors cracked open right but when I was writing that I really loved writing it but I just couldn't go to those dark places where there was violence or you know what I mean so it was mostly like cyberbullying, getting into fights and stuff but not guy against the girl you know what I mean I don't know maybe I'm not gonna <laughs> I would say go for it and then that way you can at least say you tried that's the other thing I hate having regrets you never know and then just go for it worst case scenario you find that's not your thing and then you go back to writing rom-coms and you decide to do shifters that are romantic you know rom-coms instead who knows the other thing though that readers are really heavily more into now are tropes so you know the genres used to be the thing but now everybody's like I need to have a surprise baby or I need to have a enemy to lovers what's your favorite trope to write My favorite trope is enemies to lovers. It always has been, even when I didn't know what tropes were. My, you know, my favorite books from when I was a teenager and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, I love the enemies to lovers. And I'm really loving the fake relationship now. And that's how I kind of, how my process starts actually, is when I'm planning out a series, my, the first thing I do is decide the main trope in each book. This one is going to be enemies to lovers. This one is going to be surprise baby or secret baby or friends to lovers or fake relationship. And then I'll throw the rest, you know, the other, my 
minor tropes in, but that's the first thing that I do because I want to write what I want to write. And I don't want it to evolve into something that I'm not going to enjoy or that my readers aren't going to enjoy, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, even if you're a fast writer, you still have to go through that whole process of what that looks like. And then you're not done because then how many, that's your first draft and you got to go through the second draft and editing. And then you have to cut, you know, get a book cover. There's a lot that you're kind of stuck with that book for a bit. So wanting to enjoy it, I think is that you're enjoying it. It's important. It's not work if you're having fun. And that's kind of what, when I was writing series, because my series are interconnected standalones. So I get to write a new couple every book. But when I was writing true series, it got to the point where I got to the third book. And I'm like, I'm so tired of these people. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. In addition to having no memory, I also have no patience. It makes it a little difficult to spend the better part of a year or more with the same two people. I also have to finish what I start. That's why I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start writing these rom-coms and see how this goes and it just breathe fresh breath of air into my life. It's a lot easier to write the stories too, I'm sure, if you're having fun with the characters. As Because you're a plotter, do you just plot that book that you're writing or you're saying, okay, I'm going to have this be a five book series and we're going to have these as a couple, this as a trope and so on and so forth. Is that, is that part of your process? Or So when I start and and I'm a pen and paper kind of girl, I'm just starting to like plot on my computer literally in the last six months. I've always had a notebook, but then I realized that toggling back and forth between word documents is a lot easier than trying flipping pages and searching my messy handwriting for what I need. I do sit down and I say, okay, I want this to be, they're going to be this many books in the series. These are the characters. This is how they relate to each other. This is who's going to hook up in each book. These are the tropes. And then once I have that set for the whole series, I plot one book at a time. So I'll plot a book and then write it. And then I'll plot the next book and then write it. And when I say plot, it's very loose. Like all of my books are dual POV. And they alternate. They always alternate back and forth, back and forth. There's no, you'll never have two chapters in a row from the same point of view. Here's her chapter and this is what happens. Here's his chapter and this is what happens. And then back and forth, back and forth until I know what happens in every single chapter. Because what I thought might happen to the next couple when I originally planned it all out might not happen because stuff will come to me and I'll be like, ooh, ooh, this is... (laughs) (laughs) this might be good and so uh, that'll change so I don't plot the whole series because that would just be a colossal waste of time especially when you have that other because it's happened as readers and listeners you have that one scene where they're all hanging out at a diner or other location and that one friend that literally is just there to be real quick about it says something and then all of a sudden we're all like are they gonna get a happily ever after when are you writing their book and you're going no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's like no they don't have a book what do you mean <laughs> and then you're like damn it <laughs> i have one true standalone which is the bliss list she has a a best friend and they have phone conversations because it's a vacation like she goes on vacation so she's not at home during the entirety of the book and they have phone conversations because her friend is like the one person who stuck by her side through all of this her turmoil she had a really bad marriage she ended up in divorce and and her husband ended up making her push all of her friends away and this is the one person who stuck by her side the entire time so they have a few phone conversations or text message conversations throughout the book two or three not a ton but as so many people are like when is she gonna get her own book and I'm like no I don't have a story for her I'm happy that you like her but it's not happening a testament to how good of a writer you are that you made us feel wanting to know more about this character whether it was even if it's just a one or two liners that you know it just provides a piece of curiosity but I'm also glad that you're also going with the yeah no I don't have a story for her too because I think it's the worst when a writer tries to make it happen 
and it doesn't flow right or we devour the book so quickly it just came out like five hours ago and we're already asking you when the next one's coming out and you're like really take a chill because i much rather you take your time and have it be an awesome book versus one that makes us go for sure but i told you i'm a people pleaser right yeah so there was a moment there was a moment where i was like and i'm so proud of you for not going forward with it that was a good move for you <laughs> We all need some reassurance. <laughs> I'm the girl that is a bit of a people pleaser, but I'm always the one that a little bit different. When something change your behavior, if I'm used to talking to you every day and it changes, I automatically bust out. What did I do? Oh, yeah. It's my fault. Or if we have something. Yeah. So it's one of those like, oh, what did I do? So I understand. I'm the same way. Exactly the same way. <laughs> currently going through that right now. I haven't heard from someone in a couple of days and I'm going, did I do something? No, I didn't do something. It becomes an entire monologue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you find that you're sometimes putting some of these kind of personality or characteristics a little bit of yourself in the characters because that's what i know right it's harder for me to attempt to make them strong and independent and not to say that i'm not those things but i've always got this internal monologue going right slightly paranoid and sensitive and i am constantly worried that people are upset with me if something like that happens like if they are acting weird or they give me a look or whatever and i'm like okay i can't make this characters i can't make every single one of my characters neurotic like me but yeah there are there are bits of me that come through of course i think something that we always are curious about it with authors like hey did it really happen to you or that friends who is that or you know how it is because i'm have you gotten the question yet of like when you write some of those steamy scenes has any of your friends yet come busted out with something like hey is that something that you you know that you know you know <laughs> well i have this one friend when we go out in public she likes to shout piper james right here she's it's like 50 shades of gray and i'm like stop it it is not <laughs> she loves to embarrass me but she is like we'll be at a concert like in the bathroom BDSM, in the ladies room really and she's telling every single person in there to buy my book because it's like 50 shades of gray and i'm like stop it is not <laughs> Not that I didn't love those books because I did, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> there was a time there and I think it's starting to come back now where it's like, if you like, and then they would show like the book cover and the title of the book, then you'll like, and then it was a different book. And that's great. It kind of gives us an idea, but there were some times that I'm going, yeah, no, those two books, not right. the same. Exactly. <laughs> the reason why I was asking about the BDSM, because you have these, you have these boundaries and you're really good about reassuring that that's okay, that we're not talking about this right now. <laughs> well, boundaries are important. I think sometimes when we are working with other folks and especially when it's, you're providing us with the entertainment us as fans sometimes and especially when the internet i mean i love the fact that we have that connections with you guys same thing with the narrators i love that we can send you a quick dm saying oh my god i'm reading xyz and i am crackling and i'm sure that you guys are you know really do enjoy that time but there's some individuals sometimes that you have to remind them what those boundaries are i think it's a good conversation sometimes to have with your yeah, community as far as your own reader group about we can talk about this but don't ask me about uh, that and that's fair and i love that, that you do that <laughs> with your readers <laughs> but yeah i don't maybe i'm just not big enough yet i don't have random people messaging me things like that it's mostly readers in my reader group and i'm pretty transparent with them my favorites is when like somebody will message me and be like oh i'm reading this book and you know my husband is really benefiting from that i had to, I had to shut it down and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I guess I'm doing something right then. <laughs> 
it is something with the genre of romance because it is for it's written by women for women and you know traditionally the majority of the time that we are able to discover new things about ourselves that we didn't know whether it is a kink or like I you know didn't know that I wanted to do this whether it's baking or getting or doing a wine or in California we learn so much based on the stories that you're giving us it's always fun to kind of be able to do that and explore a little bit of potentially what we may not even know that we wanted too because I read every day I get up you know in the morning it's kind of my I take like an hour and and read and I'll be like oh all righty then (laughs) I guess I like that And and now you were saying that you're reading more dark romance and trying to, you know, dive into that genre specifically. Are you also an author that does not read rom-coms while you're in the midst of writing a story? No, I'm not one of those authors. I read what I want to read. And plus, you know, I like to see what people are enjoying. Like if there's a very popular rom-com by a very popular author, I want to see like their writing style, like what they're writing, what they're writing about. Not that I'm going to copy it or anything like that, just to see what readers are enjoying. Because if I'm not doing it right, then I want to kind of tweak what I'm doing. Plus, I really enjoy it. I'm not going to stop reading something that I really enjoy just because I'm writing it too. I don't understand that. I think it's the fear of potential copying or that something is similar along the lines. And I think the thing that's the author's biggest fear, which is, I understand it. But at the same time, I'm like, just because I do the one thing, like if you were making ice cream, it doesn't mean that you don't have to have any. You may just want to do a different style of it and things like that. What about audiobooks? Do you listen to those? No, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, we can't talk anymore. We have to end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing about me and my brain is I have a one track mind. So if I'm reading, like my husband gets so mad at me because if I'm scrolling on my phone, if I'm reading something, he can be talking to me for like 10 minutes and I will not hear a single word he says. I'm not one of those people that can listen to an audiobook while she's doing something else. I, my brain just doesn't work that way. What will happen is I will get distracted by something other than if I were trying to just listen to the audiobook and that's it, I would get distracted by something else and miss half the story because I can't do two things at once just yeah it's not that I don't want to it's just that I physically can't I won't get it when I sit down with my kindle and I start reading everybody knows like don't even try to talk to me or you have to say my name very loudly and get my attention or I'm not going to hear what you're saying throw a bra at you or something right right? exactly (laughs) watch you're going to get bra signing at the next convention that you go to that would be amazing (laughs) (laughs) on one cup's gonna be like Hyper and the other one, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't take my eye out. Well, you know, we can do some other things that look their bras, but not, and then you can sign them. Almost like paper mache issue. But anyways, <laughs> the listeners and the readers are creative when it comes down to their swag. I'm sure you've seen some of it. But um, I totally understand the, I used to be able to sit down and read the book. Like I said, vision a movie in front of me. Now, because of adulting and feeling some of that guilt of, I could should be doing something of quote unquote value or, you know, profitable that I end up not really being able to focus on the book. And that's where the audiobooks for me have held for many years now. And so I totally understand having that different type of bringing. And it doesn't mean that you don't love the audiobooks or you don't appreciate them and things like that, because you have now your books in audio. If you were like huge against it, you'd be like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, But what made you decide to put them in audio? Uh, well, because that's what readers want. 
right? Because I don't listen to audiobooks. I don't really understand the process, which is why I go with companies to produce them for me. I did try to produce one of my young adult books as audiobooks, a terrible process for me. I didn't enjoy it and it didn't sell. And so I was like, I'm done. No more. But with the companies now that will produce them for you, I just kind of hand it over to them and I'm like, do your thing. And because I wasn't going to do it myself anyway. So you can take your cut. And that's what readers want. They always are constantly asking me like, is this on audiobook? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. And then I'll get a new one on audiobook. And I'm like, hey, here it is. I want to provide my books in the format that the readers want them in. But sometimes it just takes some time. I'm not one of those authors that has the time or the money to produce audiobooks for every book release that has it out on release. You know what I mean? I kind of have to wait and see if the book's selling first, if I can fit it into the budget, you know? I think a lot of times we forget that making of an audiobook is expensive. It's an upfront cost to you. And while some people will, because, you know, the conversation is always going around about how it costs 10,000 plus 20,000, hundreds of thousands to do a right. book. And you're going, who the hell is doing your book? That's costing that much. But even on the, I mean, you're going, why? You can can get a dual narrated book by good narrators for about four grand, five, ten, depending on what how you want to do it and who you want. But still, it is a thousand dollars is a lot is. of money and for it's, folks. And it's a gamble. You know, so it's a lot. It's a gamble because you can spend all that money creating a wonderful audiobook. And if five people enjoy it, that's great. But that's not earning back the money that you put into it. And this is our livelihood. You know, this is how I pay the bills. It has to be a strong gamble for me. I have to be confident that it's going to be worth it. Otherwise, that's jeans for my kids or, you know what I mean? It's food on the table. So new parts. New parts for the Jeep. Yeah, my uh, Jeep. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I get to say it because my husband and kid uh, both have Jeeps. I kind of get every so often the, the question of like, so insert new part name here. I'm like, no, we're good. That right. part works exactly. perfectly fine. Why do you need to update it? <laughs> As they look at me in my books and I'm like, that's different. Okay. That one book is going to cost me like 12 bucks. That new <laughs> bumper is going to cost you 300. And do we need a new bumper? No. I mean, they both got new soft tops nice. for their individual cars for Christmas. Nice. Okay. I'm like, they both kind of need I have, a, update, I have so a hard time for happy. mine, but <laughs> when I first got it, I, my husband was still working at the time. I needed a way to get that top on off and on by myself. So I bought a lift, which is like a winch, and it lifts the top up to the ceiling and holds it there and stores it all summer. We just moved and then the weather started warming up. And I'm like, hey, hey, you need to get that lift up. And he just got it up for me last week. <laughs> He's like, happy Mother's Day. Just because I want to drive, want to drive around with no top on because it's so nice outside. Cheap folks, interesting individuals because it's one of those, my husband's the same way because we have a lot of us here with four of us in the house and the way that the, the driveway is, we had to sometimes play car Jenga. Who gets to park where based on work schedule so we're not having to move cars around. So there are times where I'm blocking him in and I'm like just take my car and he's like nope no I don't want to drive my Jeep <laughs> so I'm like all right <laughs> he's like I want to drive it for I'm like all right go go ahead drive your car You're nobody ever wants Jeep. to take my like, car yes, it makes me so the mad the car my husband's like no I don't like the sun beating on my head I'm like what do you mean what are you a vampire like stop and we just <laughs> It's an automatic. Is it stick or, oh, or automatic? She's, she's a pavement princess. Like okay. I wash her and mm -hmm. <laughs> wax her and keep her clean for the most part. And 
she hasn't been on any trails or off-roading or anything because I don't want to scratch her and I get a lot of hate for that because you know jeepers they that's the whole point right is to go out I'm like but what if I break her want to right I'm telling you Paul's the same way my husband he's like I want to go off-roading and I'm like they're I mean I know your jeep's lifted not hugely lifted but lifted but that's also your means to get to and from work and <laughs> I hate to adults at this moment in time. So unless we win the lottery and you can buy a one that's for play and one for responsibilities, no. And then I get the sad puppy eyes and I'm like, if you want, I can go make some dirt because we live in Florida. Just go to the backyard and make some water and dirt and throw it down there <laughs> as if you were, you know, off-roading. Uh, yeah, he's going to get stuck <laughs> in a swamp down there. You better watch Not the him. same, Viviana, not the same. I know. Yeah. I mean, he does it all the time when he's like raining and we get a little bit of clogging you know, water streets that are a bit immersed in water. And he's like, mm, like stop it. Go easy on it. <laughs> That's when something happens with the transmission or something happens with the oil, whatever. It's like, I'm like, done. Oh, yeah. And then the oh, whole yeah. thing now with the ducking has started. Oh, yeah, too, I have so. ducks all over. Do you I duck? You duck together. They're like a string along my, <laughs> along my dashboard. Board. <laughs> So for those of us that are listening going, what the fuck are they talking about? Jeep? So people that love Jeeps are a specific kind of breed, just like us that we love books. And we're like, we must have the you know, updated cover. I'm like, oh, they have the discrete cover and the regular cover. We must have both books. R drivers are similar to that. And their love and affections towards the Jeep. I think I was about to call it their car. It's their Jeep. And ducking has thing where each the Jeep driver will duck another Jeep that they a see by duck, leaving yeah. a like a bath duck. <laughs> A rubber ducky. As we all know now, there's rubber duckies with all sorts of themes, including author stuff. So there's been a few times where you guys have had rubber duckies at conferences and I grab them. And as I'm going through my swag to get rid of things because of a move or because I want to change things around, he sees the ducks and he goes, can I, can I have that? And I'm like, oh. that's funny. Well, when I first got my Jeep, well, I got it in 2019 and ducking started in 2020. So at some point during that year, somebody left a duck in my handle on my door. And I came out of Target with the kids and I'm like, what is this? And you know, of course your brain goes, oh my gosh, are they tagging my car? Is this a signal to the other human traffickers that they can, that they can kidnap me? Like yep. I have no idea what it was because they didn't have like a note on it. There was nothing. <laughs> it was just a duck. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe it dropped out of the car next to me and somebody thought it dropped out of my car. And so I just kind of threw it on the ground next to the car next to me in case it fell out of their car like if they had a little kid or something so then like I don't know seven or eight months later I was at Starbucks and I come out and there's a duck on my jeep and it has like a card attached that says nice jeep duck duck jeep post up post a picture on Instagram and Facebook and you know and I was like what is this and so I googled it you know of course and I'm like, this is a thing. Oh my gosh. That's why that duck was on my Jeep. And then I felt really bad that I threw it on the ground. <laughs> of course, I immediately go on Amazon because I'm all about stuff like this. I love the Jeep wave. And if people don't wave back at me, I get mad. And Oh God, so the Jeep wave. So yes. I go on Amazon and order a bunch of ducks. And But now like there's some Jeepers that don't like it. They think it's stupid. They think you're putting trash on their car. So then you get back into that paranoia and you're like, should I duck this Jeep? Like, I don't know. Are they going to be mad? Are they going to like it? Are there ducks on the dashboard already? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> and I'm sure the driver's going, I hope someone ducks me. <laughs> they just got a brand new car. Right. Oh, uh, in this case, Jeep. Yeah. There's out there. And for you to swag, just put your name on the duck. Someone will use this with their That's Jeep. That's a good idea. 
and all. Yeah. It's a easy swag and it's cute. You can also put it on your desk if you're not, if you don't have a Jeep. It's okay. You can still put it on your desk or your, I have one or two in my bookcases next to the author's books. And those are because they're cute. And now they have themes. And I think he has a Viking one, like a Viking duck. It's bigger and other ducks too. So it's, you know, lots of possibilities there from a swag perspective and multi purpose. Right. And, you know, from a cost perspective, you can have some of those in your Jeep and, you know, market. So now that we went there, <laughs> <laughs> while we were talking about audiobooks and in <laughs> front of that <laughs> right 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 that's where we were that's where we were i'm gonna bring it right back it's okay yeah so from a listener's perspective or readers if you guys appreciate the stories buy the ebooks even if you're waiting they don't wait for the book to come out in audio even if you're strictly an audio listener if you love piper's books or anybody else's author's books buy the ebook that helps solidify that people want the audio and then they can afford it so go from that perspective yeah it's i think it's important to support you guys in any way even if you don't have it or it hasn't come up yet but the fact that you're wanting to do it is and, and we're having the conversation about the reality of it is enough from cost and it's important he also needs to go get her ducks folks so <laughs> buy the ebook <laughs> hey we have to have fun Speaking of fun, I do love to play a game of two truths and a lie where you tell us three things about yourself and we have to figure out which one's a lie. Did you do your homework? I did. I did. It was hard. It took Good. me a long time because I don't want to sound stupid. That's why I get it for homework. <laughs> <laughs> Not just something stupid, but I would never, I think I did it one time and that was a look of, why are you doing this to me? And I'm like, never, ever again, I give it right. for homework. So you you're going to tell us three things about yourself and we're going to figure out which one's a lie. So whenever okay. you're ready. Number one, my husband was once on the television show Wipeout. Number two, I have my pilot's license. And number three, I once flirted shamelessly with Will Smith. Love how you threw your husband in there as one of your three. <laughs> okay, so we have your husband was on a show called Wipeout. You have your pilot license and you shamelessly flirted with Will Smith. Hmm. Right. Let's see. Is the lie that you famously flirted with Will Smith? Nope. Ooh, there's always a story there. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Oh, the husband on the show on the wipeout? Nope. <gasps> I don't have my pilot's license. I, Come on. I know. I kind of want, like, maybe this is one of her moments where she's like, I'm going to just do it. <laughs> should have gone with my gut. I should have known. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, so you don't have your pilot's license. Where do you, I mean, you want to tell us a story about the whole flirting shamelessly? Sure. So when I was 21, many moons ago, I lived in Southern California and I worked at Toys R Us in Thousand Oaks. The Thousand Oaks location was where a lot of the famous people with kids like to shop. They're, you know, the people that work there, I only worked there for like four months. And the first famous person I saw was Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. And I had absolutely no idea who he was. I mean, I was fresh off the boat from Georgia. I had just moved to California. It was obvious that I had no idea who he was and he was not happy about that. I was, he was making me a little nervous. I thought he was like a serial killer or something. So anyway, after I got my feet wet with that whole experience, I was working on a Sunday. At that time, it was 1997. We had to ask customers for their phone number and input it into the register and it like cross-referenced their address or something so we could send them junk mail, whatever. So I, it was really busy and so I was like straightening, opening a bag and I'm like, can I have your phone number? And I look up and it's Will Smith standing right in front of me. And, and then so like there's a little pause and I was like, please. <laughs> he starts laughing and he's all, well, that's a little sudden. Don't you think we should date first? And I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> Please. And so he bought a train set for, he had his kid with him in this big burly body bodyguard and he bought a train set. I rang it up. I'm giving him his change. I kind of like, I hand it to him and I kind of hold on to it and don't let go. And I, and I said, you know, it's not too late. You can still give me your phone number if you want to. And <laughs> he, he goes, 
like he laughs and he looks left he looks right and he looks back at me and he goes i'll come back later and i said okay i get off at three o'clock <laughs> But he was like just dating Jada Pink at the time. And like two mm -hmm. weeks later, she came through my line. And I felt, oh boy. I was like, oh, I flirted with your man a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those oh, moments fun. that I'll remember forever. I mean, it's mm -hmm. been what, 25 years? I'll remember every second of that. And he probably forgot it the minute he walked out of the store. I'm glad it's the truth for you. It's interesting <laughs> how where we have those moments of not really doing something that we would usually do just because fill in the blank reasons, then the stars align, the atmosphere around you changes but i mean it did provide you to this day they still ask people like can i have your phone number that was a good way to kind of have that conversation it's nice to hear that so that he played along and he was fun with it but it's, yeah. it's always interesting when people like of some form of fame are like and you don't know who i am like right. no, no sorry I tommy lee right in the eye and said can i have your phone number and he was like uh no <laughs> and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> Mm -hmm. And then he proceeded to stare at me with that, like just the stare the entire, and he had two carts full of toys. And I was like, oh, so are you doing some early Christmas shopping? And he's like, no. And I mean, he was like, it was so obvious that I had no idea who he was and he wasn't happy about it. And it wasn't until he called his wife over to sign for the credit card. And I didn't recognize her either because she didn't have any makeup on. She was pregnant. She was just looking a little rough. And then she went to sign and with her left hand and I saw the tattoo on her ring finger. And I had just like read some article how they got their names tattooed on their ring fingers. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> so she she started to walk away and her sleeve lifted up and I saw the barbed wire tattoo around her arm. Do you know who Pamela Anderson is, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I so do. <laughs> I thought I was like, Oh my God. And then the next people came and they're like, who was that? I'm like, I think that was Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. She's like, oh, it must've been. There was a lot of people crowded around them. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I look, feel like such an idiot just chattering away. Cause this weird barefoot guy with all these tattoos is making me nervous. And so he goes out and he like stands outside staring at me, continuing to stare at me while he waited for like a big ticket item for them to bring back from the back. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It was so funny yeah, and a little yeah. bit uncomfortable. That's where the personalities, I think the difference is some individuals that might be narcissistic and, right. <laughs> and right. you know, and just Don't assholes. You know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure it happens to you guys as authors too, in the sense of you, it's actually a lot of the questions that happen in the groups for when we have conferences you know they've been asked now like how do i go and approach an author that i don't know anything about them or i've never read them before or have even known about them and i'm like the same way you would approach someone when you're asking them to grab the thing on the top tier you're just nice ask them about the cover i will say that there's been one it's only been one or two in the 15 years where i had an author kind of have a similar like do you not know who i am i'm like no and uh you go be nice to me otherwise i'm not gonna read your book i was having people like because i've only done two signings and so and not a lot of people know me like i'm fair new like they don't know who I am I'm not one of the big wigs you know with the signings and stuff and they come up and they're super nice and they're like so which one of these is your favorite books and why and I'm like do you walk up to strangers and ask them to pick their favorite kid like what <laughs> Don't ask me that because then I feel bad. Like, I don't know. I'm like, well, this is my best selling one. This is the one readers like the best <laughs> because I, 
I can't pick a favorite. Come on. <laughs> I know. Definitely <laughs> something that you know, sometimes as readers were like, oh, you want us to tell you it's a favorite? I've learned to ask additional questions like, well, what do you like to read? Do you like? And then kind of suggest that the author then use something like if you have you writing specifically more rom-com, then it's a matter of maybe the tropes. And like, okay, but do you prefer this or that? And then the authors are like, oh, okay, thanks for not letting me choose. So I'll let them know. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't ask you. It is like asking a favorite kid. But I ask people, I'm like, well, what kind of tropes do you like to read? What are your favorites? because I have a plethora here and I can show you which books like you like Emily's Lovers? Oh, this one, this one, this one, and this one. <laughs> you know, I'm not real great at getting put on the spot if you haven't noticed. <laughs> no, yeah, but I mean, it, it, from a reader's perspective, it's also a bit intimidating when it comes down to coming to these events. Uh, sometimes people are traveling by themselves. Other times it's their very, very first time ever going to such an event and we get bombarded with all of you guys folks. I mean, and the two that you went to were not small and it's just one of those where you're going okay how where do I start what do I do and then you were coming up to you because right. we want to know everyone and we want to get a book from everybody because we love supporting and also great stories hello why not and then we're like how right. do I say hi <laughs> So, oh no, I know because in Denver, I had an author that I really, 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 really wanted to meet. So I shut my table, I <laughs> shut my table down like 15 minutes early on Saturday and snuck up there, you know, like she was closing her stuff down and I'm like, you know, what books do you have left? And they only had like two books left. And so I bought it and had her sign it. And I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk to her. And she was super distracted and didn't really talk to me because it was the end right and it, they were tired and everything was wrapping up and I was like okay I'm just gonna sneak out now so I didn't actually talk to her. And it was it's the same thing you get a little yeah. starstruck you know yeah that fluttering and the, yeah oh yeah I feel you I feel oh, you yeah, it happens uh I don't get a whole lot of start you know starstruck and stuff like that but when I finally get to meet someone that either like this we've had this kind of conversation you've been on the podcast before, and now we're like cool friends and then I'm like oh my god I'm finally meeting you in person do I live up to the expectations of what they thought it, I would be about and also making sure that they're okay I also don't want to ever bug is the other way which I'm sure you feel very similar to that I don't ever want to be a source of that like right. oh they're busy they're not gonna want to talk to me I'll talk to them later oh yeah that's totally me because this particular author that I'm talking about I saw her the lunch earlier in the day and I lived was talking to somebody and I was like oh oh, oh. and then I turned around and ran away <laughs> See, that's where you need to have a friend with you where they're going to be like, nope, come back here. And I'm like, oh, it's her. Oh my God. Uh, uh. And then I just turned around and like strode off <laughs> because I didn't want to bother. I didn't want to oh, be like, oh, no. how? and have her be like, oh, who are you? Why are you, why are you trying to talk to me right now? I'm busy. You know, no, I want to say 99.9% right. of you guys are of not, not like that. Yeah. So I always let the readers kind of know, like, no, go say, you know, just like you would in any kind of just be nice, say, excuse me, and then start from there. You guys love it. I think you guys really do love when the readers come up to you guys and say, oh my God, can you please sign yes. this? Or I love this book and things like that. But I think yes. definitely at my, friends, my very first signing. <laughs> I had a couple of readers bring their own copies of my book to be signed by me. It wasn't just somebody walking by going, oh, what do you write? I'll buy these books. You know, they had their own copies and I literally teared up. I almost started crying full on right there in the middle of the signing because I couldn't believe it. How amazing that was that they... <laughs> 
And I know my books sell. Like I know that my books sell, but to see it in real life makes it so much more real than looking at a report at how many people have bought books. You know what I mean? So that was really a really great moment. Yeah. For me. Oh, good. I'm glad. It's always fun when the, the readers will bring their stuff from home or they'll do the pre-orders, but also some of them will create new, like almost like photo albums with their favorite covers on them for you guys to sign. It's always fun. I think when that happens and yeah, was the really reaction cool. is always positive. So that's always a good thing. I'm glad that you've had good experiences. The uh, Yeah. Especially for your right. first one. And then your second con being, you know, how it was as big as it was to have all good experiences but you do need to have a friend with you though girl i mean like that that's going to be like let's go let's go Maybe let's I'll go this author um i, need, I, know, I, yeah. I tend to be that friend for some people <laughs> <laughs> yes don't find me i'll get right. you <laughs> i'm like well, all right where is she right. who, who are we going to have it be a, an event with troy and i'm like hey let's go talk to troy <laughs> You work with words all day long and from reading the words to writing them. What's your favorite word? Which is separate from a favorite curse word because that's the second part of this question. Oh, a favorite <laughs> word? You mean like no, the word favorite, how the it most? sounds or what makes you feel or like the way that you express yourself. Oh, Lord. There you go. Put me on the spot again. I like. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how to say it. That's embarrassing. Cacophony? Cacophony. Cacophony. So I always thought I always thought that word mm. was pronounced cacophony. Cacophony. And it wasn't until I did my first audiobook and I was listening to the files and I'm like, what? They said it wrong. <laughs> and I had to Google it and I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. So you do you know what you know what cacophony is? No, I don't. <laughs> so it's like when there's a lot of noise and it's wild and you can't make out any particular sound. It's a cacophony. Cacophony. <laughs> I still can't say it right. I love using that word. I don't know. I use it in a lot of my books. Okay. You'll have to look it up. I'm going to, yeah. O P H O N Y. Got it. I wrote it down. I'm going to look it up. Do you, well, now that you know that your books are going to be in audio or potentially at one point will be in audio, do you sometimes include some of these words just to see if they can say it the right way? No. No. <laughs> okay. no I'm not even thinking about that uh, while okay. I'm writing. No. Yeah. Well, maybe one day you'll be like, mm -hmm. <laughs> some authors do that for fun when they have a more of a working relationship with their narrators and just for fun. I'm like, okay, because right. that, that kind of word though would be one that I would think you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I was asking. No, it's just me trying to sound smart. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> well, what's your favorite curse word? Oh, fuck. <laughs> My favorite curse word to write is fuck. My favorite curse word to say is probably shit. I say that a lot. I have a potty mouth. I curse like a sailor. Have, I don't know. You haven't said Here. one bad word, quote unquote, or, you know, this entire time we've been talking. I know, but because, you know, it's a podcast. Like, maybe I should be good. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's it's funny because, like, when I'm driving, I tend to have a little bit of road rage. No. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so you know my kids are used to me screaming stuff my youngest he's 14 now but when he was a little younger he was like mom watch your mouth and I'm like you know you don't say those things right but my favorite word to scream at dumb drivers is whore oh, for some reason what there's something about the word whore when I yell at you stupid whore makes me I don't know it hits me hits somewhere okay <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in there <laughs> That is not one word that I would have thought to use while driving in an anger, rage kind of perspective. I don't know why. It just, there's something, it just hits right in the chest mm -hmm. where it just makes me feel good Yeah. to, to yell at. No, I mean, I, I can't, I, when you said it, 
I was like, ah, oh, okay, I, I understand mm-hmm. it now because it is the the elongating of the word, the the how your your mouth moves, and then also the or like you whore, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it. it's not. I'm to borrow that. It's not judgmental <laughs> of their sexual preferences in any way. No. <laughs> it's, it's just there's something that feels good about screaming that yeah. word. I don't know. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. My road rage has gotten a lot better. Okay. I'm not nearly as bad as I was when I was okay. younger. But I do have a jeep now, and I have to drive a lot slower because they don't. They don't go fast. Go fast. Plus, also the wind in your and hair. So, you're having a good time. You know, you're like, oh, and. And I moved from Southern California to Idaho. So there's a lot less traffic, a lot less opportunity <laughs> for, for people to be a whore people to on the road or, yeah, or be whores on the road. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have a top or doors on. So I got to be careful what yeah. I yell because they can hear me. <laughs> wow. You take your, you take your doors down too. Damn. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't have them off okay. yet. I don't take those off until usually the end of June. Mm-hmm. Last year I did it earlier because it was a really dry summer, but if it's raining, yeah. like I put the top back on myself because of the winch, but I can't put the doors up yeah. too heavy. I have to have my husband or my oldest son help me get those on and off. So I try to wait till it's pretty much done raining. The rainy season is over. That's the thing here in Florida. We're always in the rainy season at some point or another. And oh, so yeah. I was like, did you check the weather? <laughs> yeah, I can see why you need a soft top for there. So it's easier to put it on yeah. and off because I grew up in mm-hmm. Georgia, not far from Florida. So it's kind of the same kind yeah. of weather. And it literally split. It's like, oh, we'll run over there. So yeah, he's a, he's been itching to be able to take the top down and go for a ride. And I'm like, it's okay, you, you go for a ride. Go pick me some Starbucks. Stuff. I'm okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, I let him have his fun with his Jeep. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next? I am currently working on the Branston Bandits book three called First and Goal. It's a football-related series that I, I released the first two books, The Turnover and Bump and Run. So almost done with that. Next, I do have a fourth book planned for that series. But like I told you earlier, I'm kind of feeling like maybe I want to do something a little different. I might take a break from that and work on this other project that is you know in my head the darker romance or I might get scared and stick to what I know and just finish the series so I don't know I'll have to update you on that yeah I'll send you a little love notes like okay where are we with this (laughs) you tell me I'm scared I just go back to it it's okay So I know that you're uh, in audio, the the Little Black Book is coming out May 23rd. So that'll be oh, available and that's narrated by Vanessa Moyer and Tori Duran by the time this airs. And then the Little Black Rose right. is coming out on June 20th. Yeah, so that's what we have. Right, so the series will be complete hey. in audio. That's always a fun. Hey. I know people like to to get those back to back. I'm like, just, it's okay. Well, we wait for the one, we can get the others and read the other stuff. So don't, don't just sit there and, and not get the book. You know, you want to wait until all of them are available. Yeah. That doesn't help. Right. <laughs> get a net book. No, it just makes us think that the series is not working and maybe we shouldn't invest all the time and money into finishing it because yeah. everybody's I think waiting. we're starting to have that concept a little better for the readers to understand it I don't, yeah i don't mm-hmm. see people i don't see yeah, that nearly as much better. as i did a few I years ago appreciate that though um thank you piper so much for being part of this year's audiobook loving series this has been a blast thank you so much for having me i've had so much fun good thank you and thank you for letting me be your first <laughs> yay <laughs> i'll remember you forever yeah thank you <laughs> oh that's awesome oh. Everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. Make sure to follow Piper on social media. And we'll be including all that information on the landing page for this episode for the series over at Viviana Enchanters of Books. And until next time, happy listening. 
A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway. If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.